Welcome to our podcast, The Why in Your Twenties. My name is Viv, and I'm Nat. We are two counselors in our mid twenties, navigating our adulthood away from our home country, exploring the why questions we encounter relating to relationships, identities, and uncertainties. So whether you're listening to our podcast while going for your walk or doing your chores, anything, welcome on board and let the journey begin. Welcome back to another episode of the Why in Your Twenties. So Nat, how are you feeling? I'm good. You good? It's so hot out here. It's really hot. It's a very, very hot day, and you wouldn't imagine it to be like this in this this month, right? March. Yeah, March. We sound so Australian. We start the conversation by talking about the weather. Oh, is that Australian? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what the stereotypical thought on Australians as well. Like we, oh, how are you doing? Talking about the weather, and then oh. I didn't know that was that was um we do it in Hong Kong like I <laughs> it's just awkward. I don't think people care enough to talk about it. Yeah, that's why I say it's such an Australian way. Uh, to oh do no, so. but today is a good day. March seventeenth is my mom's birthday. Oh, happy birthday to your mom! Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if she listens to it or not. But yeah, well, happy birthday, mom. <laughs> why are you calling her mom? It's not your mom. Oh, this mom. <laughs> And anyway, I hope the listeners are doing well as well. I hope you all have a great week and did a bit of reflection on our previous episode as well. So yeah. Anyway, what are we talking today, Viv? Yeah, we do talk about grief and loss in this episode,、uh, which we know it could be distressing for some. And if you do need resources or any other support, you can go to beyondblue.org. Or there are twenty four free counseling in Australia, and the number for Lifeline is one three one 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 four. And please look after yourself. Um, if you want to avoid today's content, please do so. Skip today's episode. That's totally okay. Um, and yeah, why don't we just dive right in into today's topic? Hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So today's topic is grief and loss again. And what do you think loss is to you, Nat? Um. I think it's more than just people dying for sure.、Mm. I used to think, you know, loss and grief you immediately link to someone passed away.、Mm. Um, but I think it's a lot more once I have more experience in my loss in my life.、Mm. Um, it can be the loss of something or someone、mm. that might not actually pass away, but just you disconnect with them.、Yeah. I think that's part of the loss as well. And we should not disregard it.、Mm, yeah, yeah. It, it can be so much more than just a person passing away. Yes, absolutely.、Um, it could be things that you've owned, or memories that you had, or like a friendship. It doesn't have to be very tangible.、Mm. Or even like society-wise, like COVID can、mm. be a huge loss for everyone as well.、Yeah. And never underestimate、yeah. that part as well. Yeah, and COVID like leads to even more losses. For example, job. Mm. Um, uh, security, financial security,、mm. and all that. One loss can lead to even more. Yeah. yeah, and the most recent one we have in Brisbane is the flood as well. Oh yeah. I know we are complaining about the weather, but I'm glad we are not having the flood this year. Oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely a. I think we should be very thankful for that.、Mm. That、uh, it's a good weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, today we're going to share mainly um, the two losses in our lives. One is our first memory of loss and the second one is most significant loss. And this is this exercise is something that we did in our master's degree. Uh, Judith asked us to sh share three losses, three main losses mm -hmm. in our lives and just having that companion mm -hmm. to talk to. And yeah, share Judith is a lecturer yeah. in case you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> awesome she's great. She's, she's awesome yeah. um anyways yeah so she asked us uh, one of the exercises she asked us to do is this uh sharing um our experiences of loss to a, a trusted person i personally found it very helpful hmm. in what way because i don't think i've ever actually dived into sharing with someone else about the loss mm. and going so thoroughly like our experiences, how we cope with it, um, just mm. in general, the whole experience itself. I don't think I've ever had that opportunity to do so. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's so interesting because when I talk to another person about all these questions, mm. their answer actually really surprised me. Right. And I've never think that way as well. That gives me a different perspective of laws. And I think because we're do studying counselling, it helps us to broaden that perspective and the insight of what loss is. Because before I study psychology, I would think loss is just someone passed away. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really thankful that my study gave me different insights on that as well. Mm. So I think that mm. this exercise really helped. That's why we both choose to do it with the audience as well. Yeah. Hopefully you'll feel the same way as us. Yeah, and I do look forward to this episode because I previously I didn't do it with you. I did it with someone else. Mm. And you did it with someone else too. Yeah. And I think us talking about it may have a different perspective as well. Another interesting conversation, I can see it. <laughs> You can foresee it? I can foresee it. <laughs> I, I think the same as well. That's why we're doing this right now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, we can kick. Uh, we can start with what are your first memory of loss? Yeah, Um. I think personally, I don't have... It, it was very hard for me to think of one, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um. Because don't have much memory of mainly just loss in general because I think it's just easy to forget it but yeah. um, I do actually have a funny story after th thinking about it so it's not really my memory per se it's more like people telling me this happened and it just stuck with me because it's a funny story <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, ready I'm ready to laugh <laughs> I feel like I'm burning it up but I think you get disappointed it's, oh, it's quite normal <laughs> Okay, um, well, I have anyway. a pretty low standard, so you better. <laughs> um, so I was, I would say I was in like kindergarten or like grade one, two. I was mm -hmm. pretty young at that time. And I was with my domestic helper. Yeah. I think I was on the way to school, just on the way to so somewhere. And as a kid, I loved eating candies like a lot of other kids yes and she gave me one there was only one okay and oh. i was so yay i'm so i was so happy that yeah. she gave it to me and i dropped it no i dropped it and i was crying i i was crying and bawling my eyes out yeah and then what my helper did was she picked it up from the floor and she just blew on the candy like 
like yeah. that twice, and she just gave it to me. Oh. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I don't remember it, but it's just like another mom, like yeah, uh, another mom, like my friend's my my mom's friend. She saw it and she found that very weird because it's unsanitary. Yeah. To do so, so she complained it to my mom, mm-hmm. and then my mom told me about it. That's why I was like, oh. My mom didn't find anything weird about it. Like, and she, if she's crying, just give her whatever she wants. Especially if it's just a piece of candy, a piece of dirty candy. Um. Um. Yeah. So but, you think you, did you lose anything in the story? Yes, I lost. I lost candy, but it was just given to me very, very quickly. Ah, uh, so that moment. Yeah, it was a loss, but I don't think I had any time to grieve because it was given to me right away. Ah. Uh, oh. Yeah, I hyped it too much. Right? <laughs> I just found it very funny because who would who would cry over a candy, first of all? No, but you're a kid. Yeah, I I think I was actually bawling my eyes out. Like it was just not a normal cry. Like it wasn't like a fake cry, like a lot of kids do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you never know it might be a fake cry. I mean usually if it's a fake cry there are no tears. Uh, Usually you can see that from um but for me I was just I felt like the world was Taken from me because completely. candy is your whole world. Yeah, at that it's, moment, at yes. That moment. Ah. I can still feel it. Like I think I would still feel the same even up till now. Like really? if I drop a piece of candy or like something, yeah, that I really want to eat, I think I would just be very very sad. That is true, especially if you are really hungry. Right. I dropped my dinner once. <laughs> devastated <laughs> no even like one time um my cousin like she she likes eating the like for example um, meatball spaghetti yeah like she would eat the spaghetti first and then leave the <gasps> meatballs at the end but then she was in a restaurant so the way the waiter didn't know and they just took it away no way yeah. and she was just she was crying i understand but i understand that That's it was so sad like why would the waiter take it away it's the yeah. meatballs it's the main thing i want to lick the whole plate <laughs> Don't dare to take it away. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was my first memory of loss. Kind of loss and not really grieving, but it was just my first memory of it. Mm. Um, What about you? Do you remember your first loss? Mine is not that funny. (laughs) Oh, was it funny? Okay. <laughs> now my because as I mentioned before, my memory of loss is just people passing away. Mm. So I don't recall anything specifically on I lost food or I'm pretty sure like maybe I lost a tooth or something else mm. if I really have to think deep into it. Mm. But if you ask me my first memory of loss, then I would say my relative passing away mm. and the awareness of oh, that person is not in the world anymore. Mm. Like it's either gone into another world or just non-exist, you know. Mm. But yeah, I think it's the same as death that we taught in previous episode is you just don't feel much because it's for say maybe really quick for you Mm. or it's just the first experience for me that i don't feel much about it Mm. or maybe i'm not as close to the person as the other losses that i have experienced after do you remember how you found out that your uncle passed away 
Um, my parents told me, and I'm like, I actually don't remember my reaction, but mm. I think my parents would be more emotional than mm. me. Yeah, so I don't have much emotions around. I just mm. feel, oh, it's my first experience someone passed away. Mm-hmm. Because I think some of my friends told me, oh, you know, that their grandparents passed away, and I don't have that experience, but mm. thankfully at the time. So it's more curious, like, oh, someone I know passed away. Mm. But of course, I'm not as reflective as I am now. <laughs> like, I was just a kid, I don't, I won't think, oh, how, how am I feeling now? Yeah. But it's just an incident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't very impactful, but it was just something that happened didn't really affect you in the sense where you had much like a really big reaction either positive or negative it was very neutral yeah and i think the society have put a certain idea that people die you have to cry you have to be sad and i think i'm not sure if it's the first one or other relative of mine pass away and if i don't cry i feel weird i'm like oh mm. am i cold-hearted yeah yeah um but it doesn't work that way i realized later onwards that there's a lot of ways to express your emotions than just crying mm. and i think loss doesn't it have big losses and small losses so mm. it doesn't have to be every loss is you know pouring your tears and yeah yeah i agree the society does put a lot of expectations of how we have to react to certain losses especially mm. when someone passed away you have to be crying at the funeral or else as you said very cold-hearted mm-hmm. like you don't care um you're not paying your respects to 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 the person passed mm. away and all that and there is a, a certain expectations a certain expectation from the society itself and you have to behave a certain way Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And for I think it's similar for me. Like um, as you said, I think personally, like similar to you, I do relate to grief and loss to people passing away. Mm-hmm. And I think personally for me, that is most significant at the moment. Yeah. So for me personally, the most significant loss was my grandma passing away. Mm. And I still get affected by it from time to time. Mm. So why it was so significant for me, it wasn't the first relative that passed away. Mm-hmm. My grandma, my grandpa passed away first when I was younger, didn't feel much from it. But my when my grandma passed away, it really hit me very hard because it, I was in uni. It happened during November time. So I went back to Hong Kong for a while and then I traveled to Korea to visit my sister. Mm. And it was a trip where I went with my dad first and then he leaves earlier because of work and I could stay behind and then just enjoy my time with my sister mm-hmm. and it's the first time I could actually have a vacation with yeah. my sister and I was very excited about that <laughs> but on a Saturday my dad went went back to Hong Kong and it was a very late night and I had a simple dinner with my sister and then we slept and then on Sunday we were getting ready to go to his church to mm-hmm. her church and we got a, from what I can remember we got a call from my mom my sister got a call from my mom I was still kind of sleeping I, my sister was getting ready and I was, I was mm. sleeping and it was something about my my grandma she tripped mm. I think 
think it's like tripped or just fell or something yeah. like that. And she went into the hospital. Yeah. And it was very serious. Mm. So I think my my sister when when my sister heard it immediately she was like okay let's buy a ticket back to back to Hong Kong. Yeah. She made the decision very quickly and I was still in shock. Mm. At that moment, I didn't know what to do, and then she told me, "Okay, get your get your dirty laundry from <laughs> from the washing machine, yeah. and then put it all in your luggage, and then we're gonna go get a cab and go to the airport, and then yeah. and then buy the plane tickets on the way." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I immediately listened to her. Like whatever yeah. she said, I just did it. Mm. And then we were on the cab. She was buying the plane tickets. With my computer, and I was at the back, and I remember not feeling much, honestly. Mm-hmm. I was very anxious. Of, oh my goodness, is she gonna really pass away, or is there hope mm-hmm. that she'll be fine? Yeah. And side note, during that trip, one of the thing that I wanted to do was just record everything. Yeah. Film everything and then edit afterwards. So even on the cab, I remember I was filming. Mm. I just had my camera on. Yeah. Recording. At that moment, I think I felt the same way as like, okay, the society actually expects you to be crying. Like my sister was crying. Yeah. And I think I felt that oh, I should be crying. I shouldn't. I should feel more mm. instead of just recording. Like what kind of person will record this journey? And I was just thinking to myself, what like what is wrong with me? Because I shouldn't be re- reacting that way. At that moment, I felt like that. Mm-hmm. Now looking back, I think it was just how I coped with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but at that moment, I felt that way, and I just turned it off. Mm. And the entire way back to Hong Kong, I think we were just very tired as well, so we could sleep. Yeah. So before we got on the plane, my mom told us, "Okay, just tell the the flight attendants that okay, we we have to get to the hospital very very soon as fast as we can. So then they might allow us to get." Off the plane, the first person to get off the plane after the first class yes. people. I don't think that helped. The the flight attendant didn't really let us go first, yeah. but the people beside us were very nice and they told us to go first. Mm. Perhaps I think the flight attendant didn't, didn't have that power to do so. Mm. It's just the 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 customers were very nice. They were very understanding. It's yeah, like, okay, I think you're really nice. Exactly. And when we got we got off the plane, everything because I checked in my luggage and we were like, okay, let's. I don't know why we we said okay let's wait for ten minutes and see if we can get our luggage. Yeah. But honestly, we can just leave it there and then we can come like we can go back to get it the next day or whatever. Yeah. But I think at that time we were. I think everything is so messy and it's just. A shock for both of you, so you don't really have that mental capacity to make decision. Yeah, and I think we, like my mom told us to just leave, don't mm. wait for it. But I don't think we realized how serious it was. So we just waited. We said, okay, let's wait for ten minutes. If it doesn't come, it doesn't come, mm-hmm. and we'll leave. Yeah, obviously it didn't come. <laughs> It didn't come, so we just left. We ran to the taxi stand mm-hmm. or the cab stand or whatever you want to call it. There was a very long line, so we told the people saying, like one of the workers there saying, "Oh, can we just go? Like we 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 want to go to this place. Can you do something about it?" Yeah. So we told them, "Oh, we're gonna go go to the hospital." Yeah. And I think the person was very understanding as well. Mm-hmm. Said, oh, "Okay, you need to go to this hospital. Okay, just go to the front front of the line. Tell the driver." Yeah. Like that. And then we were like, "Okay, thank you." Like we were very appreciate of her mm. thank you thank you and then we just ran to the front yeah but the other people there i don't think they understood mm. because they didn't hear it. like they don't know yeah. why, why 
we're doing that, right? We're just like two young kids just doing whatever we want yeah. in their eyes. So one of them just said, "What are you doing? Line up." As expected, and we told them, "Oh, we're gonna we we have to go to the hospital." And they're like, "Oh, okay, okay." And then they really they're very understanding as well. I think the entire journey, like people were very understanding, which is very unexpected. I think in mm. Hong Kong, I just didn't expect that. But yeah. everyone was very understanding, and we got on the we got on the taxi, and then we rushed there. We saw my mom, aunts, uncles. My dad and they took us to our grandma on the bed, and she was a bit responsive. Mm. Uh, she could make like little sounds here and there, like just yeah. a bit moaning kind of thing. Yeah. So I think that was like her last moments, and we actually got to see her for the last moment. And mm. I think at that moment, I just felt like she knows we're there. She mm. like when we're talking to her, it feels like she knows we're there. Maybe not, but I think that gives me a bit of peace that she knows we care so much about her that we came back from another country. Yeah. And honestly, like some of my other. Aunts, they couldn't make it because they were also traveling. They were in Japan. They also the same thing. They went through the same thing as us. But they because I think for them they couldn't get the earliest flight. They yeah. couldn't see my grandma for the last time. Right. And I I think for me I'm very thankful that I could see my grandma for the last time. But at the same time, yeah, when I got there, my dad asked me, "Do do I have anything to say to my grandma? If if there is, like say it or else." Well, I mean, they didn't say or else, but they just told me to say it, and I just looked at him. And I'm like, no, there's nothing I want to say. Mm. But I think at that moment, like someone in my head is saying, like, just give her a kiss. But I didn't do it. I think I was just very aware of what other people might think if mm-hmm. I do it or whatnot. And I think to this moment, I still regret not doing it. I don't think it makes a difference for her, but perhaps I think it's more for me. It's a closure kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that's the story of my significant loss. Even hearing that. That, or at saying that, I I think it's still very impactful for me. Mm. I and obviously because it's your grandma, and I would assume you are very close to her. That mm. makes it more significant than other loss that you have. Yeah. But would you say is it because the regret of not having a goodbye kiss or saying things to your grandma that you can't have that closure makes it more significant to you? I think it definitely does add on to it, and I would say also the regret of not spending more time with her. Even though I see her honestly once every week for mm-hmm. sure, but I I do compare with my other cousins or my sister where. My grandma took care of them when they were kids, mm-hmm. and I was the only one my grandma did not take care of, mm-hmm. and I wish I had that. Mm-hmm. So it's like some some like things here and there. It's like oh, I wish this could have happened. This could have happened, and it and it's just coming to the sense of where it's never gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of what if, but also fully aware that you cannot. Complete those things because your grandma already passed away. Yeah. There's no take two. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think it's a very different loss to other losses in my life. It's I think the intensity of it, the impact of it, was very hard. And I honestly I didn't expect that. Perhaps maybe because it was a very unexpected death. Mm, okay. That's why it was so impactful. But at the same time, I think there are too many factors of it that just made it made it more impactful than I thought it would be. Mm. Yeah. So it's because it's very sudden that you are not mentally prepared for it. Yeah. Like it was. It wasn't because she, 
obviously there were some issues like, like in her body or what, um, stuff like that but it wasn't so serious yeah. that she was always in the hospital mm. she was able to live normally mm. going to like getting groceries mm-hmm. um, cooking and doing all kinds of things like or hang out with friends mm. playing mahjong with her friends and stuff like that mm. so it was a very yeah definitely a very sudden a very sudden loss mm. yeah. yeah do you reckon there's other aspect that contributes to the intensity of that loss mm. one thing was that i wasn't able to i feel like i wasn't able to openly talk about it with my family because i know it was very impactful for my mom for sure it was her mm-hmm. mom so we didn't really talk about it it's more about the logistics of it mm. and that's how we cope with it i would say it was more avoidance yeah and then now yeah a few years down the road that's when i could reflect on it and kind of go through all the events that led up to it like whether when i was in korea um, um on the plane on the on her bedside mm. and all that it's just going through that it took me a few years to kind of going back to it and mm. review all those events all those mm. feelings mm. yeah and i'm just curious because I know you have shared this story with your companion when you're doing this exercise mm-hmm. two years ago. <laughs> Is there any difference compared to now that you share with me? Uh, definitely so. And again, a lot of factors played into it. And one of them is because I did a BSU previously. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time of actually saying it to people that I've met only for a few months. Yeah. I would say someone that some people that I'm like not super super close with and at the moment I, I don't think I could actually go through as detailed as I did just now. Mm. It's interesting because sometimes we need witness to moving forward to that grieving process mm. and maybe for you is talking to different people and vocalizing your loss as well mm. that would you say that helps you grieve about the loss mm, it definitely helped with the grieving process there are different things that helped me but i think one of the things is just forcing it out and not just thinking in my head mm-hmm. or even just writing it down it's, it's still very different yeah anyways uh yeah that was one of my most significant loss and i would say it's a very common loss like like a lot of people would think oh what's my most significant loss and they would immediately go to a person um, passing away or someone that they care about passing mm-hmm. away um was that similar for you mm-hmm. well before that thank you for sharing i think it's being vulnerable to share is not an easy thing mm-hmm. for me it's different I do remember my grandmother passed away and it's very significant to me but at that time I'm still quite young and maybe because I have grieved for it that I I wouldn't I think I would be confident to say I complete that grieving process mm. that I feel less significant as the other loss that I experienced recently mm. I do think the loss that I had previously is significant but because the loss that I'm going to share is mm. I'm still going through it mm. so at this moment is very significant to me mm. from my perspective mm. so my most significant loss is my home home the home that I've lived for 20 years in my life because mm. my family is moving countries um. and for me it's the loss of the life that I thought I would have mm-hmm. 
So where it started is I didn't know my parents were going to sell the house, and the moment when they told us is during COVID period. So I was、mm-hmm. not able to travel back home, and it's quite sad to me、mm-hmm. because I've lived there for twenty years. I yeah, think, yeah. and there's nothing I can do. My dad tried to make videos. And trying to keep that memory for us, but I think it feels different if you're in person and say it,、mm. see it for the last time.、Mm. The last time I lived in that house is before COVID, and I was not expecting COVID to last that long. <laughs>、yeah. So I thought I would still go back, and I left the house with no expectation that that's my last time.、Mm. So I don't think it's a. I'm not satisfied with it personally. I think. I wish I can see it for the last time,、mm-hmm. but because of restrictions and also my study, I have work as well. So it's not that easy for me to just say go home and quarantine. So for me, it's very sad to not see it for the last time.、Mm-hmm. Until there's some changes because of my parents' plan, that actually I managed to see it for the last time. So it's unfortunate that things happened, but also I'm very thankful. And grateful that I can get home, help my parents to pack and sit for the last time.、Mm. For me, it really helps me that grieving process.、Yeah. And I, I know I shouldn't compare it, but I, I'm sure it will make a whole difference for you as well. If you didn't make it in time to see your grandma、mm. for the last time,、mm. it will make a whole lot different.、Mm. So for me, being there really helps that grieving process of losing my place. Includes more than just the house, but、mm. also the memory that I have in the house.、Mm. You know, different corners you have like different memories, and going back taking pictures really helped me to start that grieving process and be present and feel my feelings.、Mm. And I really agree with what you said previously on vocalizing that grief,、mm. because I post some pictures on my Instagram. And it really helps me when I'm writing that post and making sense of what's happening, even if it's just a short description. But when I'm writing it, when I'm posting it, it helps me to acknowledge that this is happening. And once I post it, I feel like this is actually happening. That okay, it's part of the ticking the boxes. That okay, I need to take pictures to memorize. Allow me to have memories of the house in the future.、Mm. Also, focalizing it on my social media platform, and it's like the end of a chapter and a new beginning for me. It really helps, and also chatting with my family as well、mm. really helps that process as well. Mm, yeah. So the the loss itself is not only the the apartment, the the place that you stayed. It's it's even more more about that, the meaning behind it, the the memories that you you had there, and it's basically your childhood. Um. So it's like the twenty years of life. Yeah. That you had spent there. Hmm. And I think that process lasts for one to two years from the moment that my parents told us that、mm. they are going to sell the house. To me, seeing it for the last time.、Mm. At first, I'm like in denial. I'm like, this is not happening.、Mm. I'm not ready for it. And I'm mad at my parents because I'm like, why do you have to sell it? You can just rent it out if you're going to different countries. And I'm still in shock that I think that way. But I acknowledge that I have that feeling that. 
because I miss the house that mm. it's okay for me to feel angry about it. Mm. And I'm also angry at my parents. Why don't you let us see the last time before we you guys leave? Like mm. why there's a rush to do so? But again, I'm very thankful that because of I studied this course that I know that grieving process and allowing me to acknowledge that feeling and process it. It really mm. helps. Mm. But till this point, I still think it's very significant. Because my house is my whole life, and just suddenly lost it, and I don't know if that plays another factor to it, but I haven't find a new replacement. Mm. I don't feel home in a new country, and I don't have a home in Hong Kong right now. Yeah. So maybe that plays a significant role in my loss as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it it does seem like that you were going through different stages of grief. There were there were denial. Anger, acknowledgement, like there are different stages, and I'm assuming there are like back and forth kind of thing where it doesn't go from one to another, like no. one emotion to another. No, I don't think it is in sequence at all, and different stages can last for different period of time as well. And it could even be experienced at the same time. Yes, exactly. Um, in case the audience didn't know what we are saying, there's five stages of grief in theory. The first stage is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, and again, it's as we discuss, it's not in sequence and. It's different for different people as well. But for me, it's a lot of denial and anger to begin with, and mm. I'm really thankful that I'm able to go back to Hong Kong to see it for the last time, mm. to reach that acceptance stage. Yeah. Or else, I think it takes me longer to accept the fact that I've lost my home. As you said, vocalizing does help. Whether it was through an Instagram post or talking it out with your parents, how did you feel this time that you're sharing? I think it's different. It's the intensity is less when compared to you know a few months ago mm. or even years ago. Mm. Vocalizing it, either journal about it, talk mm. to myself, talk mm. to someone, posting on Instagram, really helps that progress. And I disagree when people say, "Oh, you shouldn't post it on Instagram." And I know some people would prefer keep it in private,、mm-hmm. but I also agree that different people express their grief or they process their grief differently. Personally, I find it really helpful. To vocalize it in words, and、mm. the moment I post, it feels like because I've told the whole world it's happening,、mm. it's real,、mm. and maybe that's the only thing that people have left. Maybe they don't have family that they talk their loss with friends, or they just struggle to vocalize it because、mm. it's so. When you're talking to friends, you have to be vulnerable, and we both are being vulnerable to each other at this moment.、Mm. And not everyone is ready for it.、Mm. And I think posting on Instagram, letting your friends know, makes that conversation easier as well. Instead of starting the whole conversation from scratch when you met the friends or family saying, "Hey, this happened," it's easy. If for me, from my perspective, it's easier for the friend to know what's happening.、Mm. That facilitate that conversation as well.、Mm. So there's a lot of expert or perspective on why to post on social media instead of just attention seeking,、mm-hmm. as a lot of people would assume. 
Yeah. That's interesting because, like, personally, I'm definitely the one who don't post on social media. And then it's interesting to hear that different perspective of it's not attention seeking, it's more about sharing that process with other people and faci- definitely facilitating that conversation, especially for those friends who want to talk to you about it. Mm, absolutely agree. Especially for me, I struggle to seek help as well. Mm. And to me, I feel it's a burden to seek help and ask a friend mm. to talk about it. So yeah, a lot of aspects contributing mm. to it, definitely. Yeah, personally, I have the same thing as well in asking for help. Starting the conversation of sharing losing something. Yeah, I might try that next time. Yeah, because yeah, it's interesting to hear that it does help facilitate that conversation. Yeah. And you don't have to start the conversation. It's... I think it's less of a burden, definitely. Yeah. I, I would feel less of a burden. Definitely, it's not a burden if you talked about it. Like, if, if you want to talk about it, I'm I'm always there for you. I but. think we've talked about this before, <laughs> that we both are openly happy for each other to share their concerns and stuff, but you won't initiate it. And I think that's the funny thing of it. Yeah, yeah so I think that definitely helps. And I, I, I don't look forward to my next, next loss, but no. if it does happen, and when it does happen, I would definitely try that out in trying to post on social media or just to share mm. something. And I'll reach out to you and say, hey babe, are you okay? You. <laughs> no, yeah. but I think there's benefits of social media, but there's also disadvantage of social media mm-hmm. that people can say whatever they want to say. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a friendly reminder here for people listening, do not disregard the intensity of loss no Mm. matter it is just you think the loss is insignificant doesn't mean it's the same for others and do Mm. not compare your loss to others as well Mm -hmm. because I've seen a comment that really hurts me even though it's not about my loss but another person commenting on someone's post Mm. saying it will make you feel better if you think of this incident and what have that person going through yeah. a tough time. So don't compare and give that space and respect to everyone as well. It's very important. I definitely agree. Yeah, so I was wondering, um, like there are different losses. First memory of the loss and most significant loss is very hard to compare the two. Mm-hmm. But I guess what would you say your coping methods are usually like for just in general like loss? I think we've touched based on it while we're sharing our stories. Mm. But I think the most important step is acknowledging it. And that's the Mm. hardest part from my perspective. Mm. Acknowledging the loss and starting the grieving process. And acknowledging can be, for say, as I said, posting on social media, talking Mm. to myself, talking it out loud. If you're not ready to share to people, talk to yourself out loud in the room like I'm doing now. Just Mm. pretend, you know, Viv is not here and I just talk to myself. Mm. And giving myself that space and don't rush. Mm-hmm. I think it's my coping mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are some overlap as well. Like you and I. I think I agree that acknowledging is very hard and some parts of me I think I don't share on social media is because I don't want to acknowledge it. So definitely acknowledging is a very important step of griefing mm. of any loss in in our lives and giving yourself some time to have that process of grieving. Because for example if something one day it just hits you more, it doesn't mm. mean you're not grieving. It doesn't mean there's no moving forward from it. Mm. And it doesn't mean that your hard work in it is completely 
and a lot of the grieving process for me is like two step forward one step back i i think that's for me personally so that's why i, I agree like don't be too hard on yourself as well mm. it does take time and some losses take even more time mm. and i think that's the moment you thought you already completed that grieving mm. process that you thought you already gone past it mm. but actually not mm. and there's a netflix shows that i watch it really described the whole grieving process it's called afterlife mm. it's talking about a husband losing his wife and being angry about the world and how to walk towards the grieving process and i think what's another importance of the coping mechanism or things that i would do when i'm grieving i don't know if you agree is to find meaning in it to help that closure yes i agree and for me i think the whole grieving process like completely grieve uh completely overcoming that grief uh, overcoming that loss it's not that you're unaffected by it it's more about acknowledging it knowing that it impacts you but also making meaning of it and i don't think grieving is to forget mm, no you can still have that memory with that loss but being with it and acknowledging it also celebrating mm-hmm. the good memories that you have either with that thing or with that person with that memory any loss yeah so now that we have shared our first memory of loss and most significant loss were there any assumptions that you hold previously about the world that you can think of that may have changed after different losses have you have experienced yeah one of the assumptions that i have previously is i think death is the end and you will slowly fade out the memory and move on with your life mm. but i think now i say differently that you can still share happy memories with that person and celebrate it and think it from time to time without slowly forgetting about that person mm. Mm-hmm. And definitely another assumption that I have is loss is just a death of a person, but it's mm. more than that. And having that awareness and knowledge of grieving is can more be more than just grieving for a person, but yeah. a thing helped me to make sense of the feelings I have when I lost something and allowing my, myself to have that space, as we mentioned before. Yeah. yeah so I would say that's two big assumptions that I have, which mm. change. Yeah, I definitely agree that. Losses are completely connected to people dying. That's it. As a kid, that's what I assumed. But now I'm slowly having that awareness of there are a lot more losses that have happened in my life, and acknowledging it and. Knowing how it affected you and mm-hmm. how it is affecting you and how I can grieve on those losses. Mm. Yeah, and one one other th- main assumption that I had hold about the world is good people have longer lives. And now it's I I feel like it's completely opposite. I feel like good people die first and bad people live longer. But this new assumption leads to even more questions. I would say where how can I define good and bad? It, I think it leads more questions as well. Mm-hmm. And also making meaning of that is like oh okay um they have a shorter life in some sort of sense. Honestly, I I think it's good because there's so much mm. suffering in the world. Maybe mm. that's why good people have a shorter life. They don't have to suffer as much. And people who are bad per se, like quote unquote bad, they have to live in this imperfect world longer. Mm. 
Mm. And I think that's how I make some meaning of it. Yes, mm. there are still more questions of how you define good and bad and all that. Mm. But I think it leads to even more reflection that I need to do. I'm curious, is it because someone that you care deeply passed away that makes you think that way? Yeah, perhaps it could be. I, I don't believe it has to be someone that I'm close with. It could be just um, a person passing away that I know of. Or it could be just a stranger that I completely have no connection with. That will lead me in reflecting on what loss is, what's death, what's mm-hmm. life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that's no a specific timeline on mm-hmm. whether good or bad people when they pass away but of course i'm not disregarding your assumption of the world and mm-hmm. as long as that helps you to make meaning of it mm-hmm. that's more important but it's interesting to hear how you think as well yeah yeah after having this um conversation it really helps in knowing how other people feel the world how people feel different kind of loss and how they cope with different losses in their life and the grieving process it really makes me think more about my own process as well my own views yeah actually i have another assumption that reminds me when we are having this conversation Mm -hmm. i used to think funeral is the end but now i think it as the beginning of that grieving process because having those rituals really focalize it or makes it more real Mm. i think my feel of funeral changed quite significantly when compared to how i see it when i was young yeah definitely so i i I do encourage our listeners to have to have this conversation with themselves or or it could be a trusted friend Mm. companion even parents Mm. siblings yeah just someone that you trust and we're sharing your first memory of loss a most significant loss and going through what what was their first initial reaction towards it uh, and your coping methods and how you feel about it now and just having these reflections of your perspective of the world of everything in life and I guess also even like what are some lessons that you have learned from that situation from mm. from your situation as well yeah I absolutely agree I think especially in our 20s that our view of death and loss might be different from how you see it when you're younger as well Mm. so having that conversation having that reflections really helps me at least to Mm -hmm. understand why i am feeling this way Mm -hmm. and surprisingly can add some more closure to your previous loss as well so yes i think that's it for today thank you so much for sticking around again this is can be a quite distressing or heavy topic so give yourself some space and doing a bit more self-care as well we will see you on next week and if in the meantime if you want to check us out you can follow our instagram the why in your 20s dot podcast and we will release a new episode on every wednesday at 4 a.m aest time and i hope you have a great week ahead and we will see you next week bye, bye.